Welcome to the Global Venture and Review podcast. My name is James Mawson, founder and editor-in-chief of our Global Corporate Venturing, Global Impact Venturing and Global University Venturing publications. And uh, great pleasure to be back once again after a few weeks off on the podcast. Thierry Hennis is covering for Rob Levine, who's on holiday this week. So it will just be me. And I'll start off with just some of the highlights as analysis over the past week before we go into the news and briefs. So we're delighted this week to have published the May issue for Global Corporate Prevention, which is now out covering the media sector, special report on AI, Israel as the innovative region, extracts from Global University Venturing and Global Impact Venturing, and all the monthly data from GCV Analytics. From this month's editorial, we say the innovation ecosystem we find ourselves in arguably has its roots with Charles Babbage, the University of Cambridge mathematician best known as the inventor of computers. His work, however, also led to the creation of the Penny Post, where eventually a letter could be sent anywhere in the British Empire for one penny. Penny Post, therefore, predates Metcalfe's law, which postulates the value of a network is proportional to the square of the number of users it connects. Joseph Schumpeter's ideas of creative destruction had innovation at its cause. Ideas rather than accumulation of capital drive long-term growth. Advances in one area lead to more ideas across multiple industries. But bring both Metcalfe and Schumpeter's eyes together thanks to a boom in internet connectivity and computer power, along with abundant, almost limitless capital, the potential to tackle almost any challenge beckons. Learn more about the editorial and the areas of most focus we're seeing. Do check in on globalcorporation.com for more on that article. Second thought is that next month's issue will be targeting the health sector. And so we're doing some early work on that. So I'd love to get people's thoughts and insights, particularly as we think around how the COVID-19 pandemic has been regarded as the long-awaited start of the, quote, biological century, end quote. The rapid response to developing vaccines to the disease and the use of novel methods such as messenger RNA to do so has created optimism. The same speed and execution is possible for a host of other viruses and more broadly to effectively create the longevity escape velocity where people's life expectancy increases by more than a year for each year they live. But research in startups is just part of the challenge. In the geopolitical world, with concern about sovereignty, supply and requirements for manufacturing bases, as well as requirements to carry out large-scale trials. The UK plans to build on recovery trial, which uncovered two treatments for COVID-19, by streamlining research and embedding it in the health service and through fast regulation. UK-based venture capital firm Abinworth, therefore, this month raised $582 million for its second clinical co-development fund. Abinworth had previously invested through its co-development portfolio companies Avalon and SFJ Pharmaceuticals, which both finance and facilitate clinical trials, taking on all of the clinical and regulatory risk in return for a pre-agreed return if the drug is approved. When Abinworth first got into clinical co-development back in 2009, it primarily worked with pharma companies who only paid out that the project was successful, by which time the cost of the deal could be amortised over the sales of the product. The market has since expanded to cover biotechs, which want to reduce the dilutive impact if they had to go out and raise the money on the public market. And there are plenty more. The Financial Times noted Magdalen College was selling a 40% stake in the Oxford Science Park, quote, after a surge of investor interest in the fast-growing life sciences sector, increased the site's value almost sevenfold in five years, end quote. 
The sole owner of the park since 2016, Maudlin has vested in new labs and research space on the site and gained planning consent for a new 165,000 square foot development to support its more than 100 businesses based there, including Vaxitech, which raised 111 million from an initial public offering of the Nasdaq Stock Exchange in April. Last year, British firms raised 1.4 billion pounds, about $2 billion of venture capital, the economist said which was more than anywhere else in Europe, less than the American hubs, Massachusetts and San Francisco, where the parallels between the UK and the US are growing. A few years ago, Seth Harrison, an American venture capitalist at Apple Tree Partners, was looking to open an office in Europe. Choice came down to Britain or Switzerland, he told the economist. Quote, I got quite acquainted with the whole UK biotech scene. Fantastic research ferment that happens in the Golden Triangle. You know, London, Cambridge, Oxford area. And I just said, wow, this reminds me of Cambridge, Massachusetts 25 years ago, end quote. And to learn more about the Golden Triangle, our sister publication, Global University Venture, will start its review of the three university-led ecosystems starting with Imperial College London in July before discussion and interaction and the GCV Symposium in November. Second related area that we've been looking at within healthcare has been medical devices and diagnostics, which has often been regarded as the underloved part of the healthcare venture market compared with biotech and pharma, with relatively few deals and limited exit options. This has changed. Last year's near doubling in corporate venture and deal values to more than $5 billion has continued this year, according to GCV Analytics. Most recently this week, Germany-based Smart4 Diagnostics, or S4DX, has raised 5 million euros, about $6 million, in its Series A round, including local medical technology manufacturer Starstead and the EIC Fund, established in 2020 by the European Commission for Direct Equity Investment in Breakthrough Technologies. The startup has developed the Digital Human Blood Sample Fingerprint, which is effectively a data picture of all quality aspects of human blood samples with collection, from collection to arrival in a lab. As Hans Maria Hein, CEO and co-founder of S4DX said, quote, As many as three in four medical decisions are based on diagnostic results, often blood samples. Currently, this process is being managed manually, which can lead to errors and can cause many issues, including slow diagnosis, repeated tests on the patient and wasted resources, end quote. COVID-19 disease has focused more attention on diagnosis and whether treatment can be done remotely from hospitals. The takeoff in attention to medical devices and diagnostics started beforehand with the flotation and then purchase of Merck-backed Livongo, a digital diabetes management platform which had its initial public offering in 2019 and was acquired by Teladoc for $18.5 billion last year. Livongo had been incubated by venture capital firm Seven Wire Ventures, which has disclosed its second venture fund at $150 million, with limited partners including Health Plans Florida Blue and Cigna, Hospitals and Health Sisters, Atlantic Health, Wellforce, Rush, University Medical Centre, Memorial Hermann Health System and Spectrum Health, and large employers such as Boeing, according to Fierce Biotech. Similarly, Emerge Capital Partners is raising its debut fund focused on early-stage medical device companies and technologies coming out of the Evolve MedTech Venture Studio. And the fund, led by managing partners Brad Close and John Chitko, is focused primarily on class 2 medical devices in cardiovascular and orthopaedics. And others are also trying to use strategic ties to add value. Private equity firm Revival Healthcare Capital has closed its second fund at $500 million. Revival said it would invest where corporate strategic partner will have a structural option or right to acquire the company in the future. Rick Anderson, chairman and managing director of Revival said, quote, Consolidation has made it increasingly difficult for medtech leaders to move the needle on growth. 
end quote. Lauren Forchet, rival president and another MD, added, quote, by removing the guesswork and gamesmanship that often defies the relationship and instead aligning goals at the outset, target companies benefit from increased focus speed and capital efficiency in driving towards milestones they know they will get rewarded for, end quote. And the goal remains to gain scale. Venture-backed digital health company Roe has agreed to acquire Modern Fertility, a US-based provider of at-home fertility tests for women, were reported at least $225 million, according to Fierce Biotech. Rose started out four years ago selling erectile dysfunction medication and hair loss supplements to men, and after raising $876 million, has been acquired other startups, including WorkPath, to move into the home-based healthcare market. And the next Global Healthcare Council quarterly report will be published next month, and we'll cover this transformation of hospitals with remote care and diagnostics. As I mentioned before, insights and feedback most welcome. You can drop me a note at jmawson, J-M-A-W-S-O-N, at morsonia.com. Thanks very much. Third big story was, back in the day, money laundering used to be a relatively simple affair. Take a bag of cash to a casino, lose 10 to 20% and walk away with the bulking cleaned money. Digitalization and global capital flows has made the scale bigger. Now the laundering is more likely to be by swapping a so-called cold wallet of Bitcoin or other cryptocurrency on a USB flash drive. This also creates opportunities for entrepreneurs. Investment bank Goldman Sachs has just invested $20 million in British anti-money laundering company Comply Advantage. Charlie Delling-Paul, founder and chief executive of Comply Advantage, told the Financial Times he was optimistic. There would be a precursor to a deeper partnership with the Wall Street Bank. Quote, it was more about the partnership and the brand and what they can give us as a firm than the money per se, given that we are very well capitalised as it stands, end quote. And there is more attention to finance as the sector reaps the unprecedented growth in money supplies, treasuries, grapple, the economic impact of the COVID-19 disease. But as Vinay Stalanki, head of Channel 4 Ventures, referenced in this past week's GCV analytics webinar on the media sector, Effectively, all consumer-facing businesses can create opportunities to become financial service providers, even if they're not all going to be as successful as China-based game group. Tencent, whose first quarter results saw ballooning revenues and a fair value of its investments in listed companies, 1.4 trillion renminbi at the end of March, up from 410 billion renminbi at the same time last year. This transformation can be done through bolting on the right payment apps such as Stripe, but it also means the need to know your customer or AML, anti-money laundering and anti-fraud purposes will become more vital. This could in turn put pressure on incumbent financial services corporations to take a leaf out of Goldman Sachs and CBC Progenitor Fidelity and engage more wholeheartedly in backing the startups. We are delighted therefore to be setting up the Global Financial Council to be chaired by Jacqueline Sage-Cross and to a managing general partner at Munich Re Ventures, a multi-fund corporate venture capital investing platform for Munich Re, the world's largest reinsurance company that can effectively touch all parts of finance and business. And do reach out to join a wider group and share your insights. Fourth and finally, the merger of corporate venture-backed Gojek and Tokopedia, Indonesia's two biggest startups, has focused attention on a global success story happening in Southeast Asia. The merged company, to be called GoTo, will create a food delivery, ride-hailing and e-commerce group preparing for a $40 billion public listing in Indonesia and potentially in the US this year, sources told the Financial Times. SoftBank and Tencent are respective investors in Tokobedia and Gojek, which has also raised $300 million from Telkom on Cell earlier this month, as we've reported. 
The merger announcement came weeks after Singapore headquarter Grab, which offers delivery, ride-hailing and financial services, announced a record $40 billion merger with a special-purpose acquisition company, SPAC, to float effectively. While the Tencent Bank C Group, the parent company of Shopee and gaming group Garena, set up a $1 billion corporate venture unit in March. GoTo counts more than 100 million monthly active users on its platforms, and the total group gross transaction value more than $22 billion in 2020, according to the FT. But already the region's leaders are planning the next series of disruptive startups to emerge. This month, the Economic Development Board of Singapore, a government agency helping investors on the island state, started a pilot program, the Corporate Venture Launchpad, to support large and established companies venture into new areas of growth beyond their core business. EDP had allocated 10 million Singapore dollars, which is about 7.5 million US dollars, in funding for the one-year program, which has partnered with four venture studios, BCG Digital Ventures, Future Labs, Leap by McKinsey, and Rainmaker. Singapore already has about 40 venture studios for corporations such as Procter & Gamble, Bosch, and Schneider Electric, and participating corporates through the launch bank can receive 50% co-funding for qualifying costs such as manpower and other fees, capped at $377,000. Potential follow-on co-investments award by EDP New Ventures. So those are just some of the analysis from the past week. On to the main deal nibs or news and briefs. We've got Beta lining up $368 million. The electric vertical aircraft developer Beta Technologies has attracted investors, including Amazon, which invested through its climate pledge fund. Back market sells investors on a $335 million Series D round. Aglae Ventures and Goldman Sachs return for the D round for back market, having already participated in a $120 million Series C round just a year ago. Pine Labs has picked investors for a $285 million round. Mastercard and PayPal have backed the fintech developer Pine Labs in its primary and secondary finance. Extend has grown its funding by $260 million. SoftBank has led the Series C round for the warranty policies provider, which also featured PayPal again and nationwide. Investors, meanwhile, pumped $250 million into Pipe. Next 47, Creditees, SBI Group and Morgan Stanley, all among the backers of Pipe's latest round. And Figure has fitted $200 million into its Series D round. Mitsubishi UFG Financial Group, backed Figure, has collected the D round, co-led by 10T Holdings and Morgan Creek Digital. Factory 14, meanwhile, has opened with $200 million. The DMG Ventures has co-led a fund round for Factor 14, which is looking to become a holding group through acquiring smaller startups. Good Meat, meanwhile, has dished up a $170 million round. Eat Just has established the new cultured meat subsidiary Good Meat with $170 million, supplied by UBS O'Connor, Graphene Ventures, K3 Ventures and others. Form Labs, meanwhile, has fashioned a $150 million Series E round. SoftBank has led the round through its Vision Fund 2, doubling Form Labs, Valuation to $2 billion in the process. Sunbit, meanwhile, shined in a $130 million Series D round. Migdal Insurance and Haral Group both bought into Sunbit's proposition as the Buy Now, Pay Later platform raised its D round. Loom, meanwhile, has looked to investors for $130 million. Slack-backed Loom has completed the C round led by Andreessen Horowitz. Hummingbird has taken off with a $125 million Series C round. Novo, SK Group and Amgen have participated in the Precision Therapy Developers Round, which has taken total funding to at least $150 million. ASAP has picked up $120 million in its Series C round. It's doubled its valuation to $1.6 billion in the space of a year, 
Thanks to return investor Telstra Ventures. New map has now Novo in a $110 million Series C round. Novo Holdings has invested in the immuno-oncology drug developer, which already counts 3S Bio Group and ESI as existing backers. Gold Belly, meanwhile, has filled up on more funding. Intel Capital returned for a $100 million Series C round raised by online food retainer Gold Belly, having previously taken part in the $20 million Series B round two and a half years ago. DSD, meanwhile, has driven to a $100 million Series C round. The Inco Group's investment unit, basically for IKEA, has led a Series C round for the electric vehicle rental service provider DST, which also includes SMRT or Smart Ventures. On Global University Venture, we've seen Vidir Bio 2 seek a 77 million Series A round. The UC Berkeley spin-out is deriving genetic eye disease therapeutics with the fresh funding. ThinkSight has contemplated 26 million in funding. Sparks has returned to lead the OUVC backed cell based therapeutic technology development B round. Meanwhile, Axel Space has accelerated to a Series C round. The University of Tokyo's micro satellite technology spin outs, $23.6 million round, featured existing shareholder 31 ventures and various new investors. And University of Tokyo's fifth fund, called UTEC for Edge Capital, is seeking the $275 million for its next fundraising. Meanwhile, we've seen One Capital raise $147 million at its close. Former Salesforce Ventures Japan head Shinji Asada's firm has closed its maiden fund. Its LPs include Isai and Japan, Hogi, Ban Asia Group, Sansan, Gas One and Z Venture Capital. Meanwhile, Yulu has ushered in $138 million for its third fund. Twitter and Motley Fool were among the LPs in the venture firm's latest vehicle. Cyberagent Capital, meanwhile, has captured $55.5 million in its third fund. White Star has closed a $50 million fund and has pivoted its attention towards blockchain digital assets. Seven Wire Ventures, we mentioned before, has made its close. And Pi Labs has landed Embassy Group's commitment. Embassy Group is seeking to leverage Pi Labs network property technology sector and has made a commitment to its third fund. On People, Jasper Boss has migrated from M Ventures to Forbian. He, Jasper featured in last year's GCV Powers, which is currently being researched by Edison, so do reach out, and has become a general partner of Forbian after 12 years at Merck's Corporate Venture Capital Unit. On Exits, we mentioned about Gojek and Tokopedia, that's a big one, and on the IPO, there's another massive deal with JD Logistics giving up for a 3.4 billion IPO, with JD.com retaining a majority stake. Seedem, meanwhile, has nurtured a $425 million Huda Health acquisition, which gives an exit option for Blue Cross Blue Shield companies Dignity Health and Hill Physicians, if the deal goes through with Cedar. Vera, meanwhile, has unveiled its IPO pricing. The Merck and Alphabet-backed immunological disease treatment developer floated its shares below its initial price range in an IPO. But given that Merck has already made about $6.2 billion in exit proceeds over the past 18 months, I'm sure they're still pretty happy over there. Bright Machines, meanwhile, has highlighted its reverse merger. SoftBank has participated in pipe financing for Flex spin-off Bright Machines, which will walk away. $435 million in gross proceeds and a $1.1 billion valuation. Norse Titanium, meanwhile, has netted $38 million amid its listing. The Applied Materials and Skatex Innovation-backed Titanium Components producer floated shares on the Euronext Growth Oslo by securing the private placement. 
And Zhang Men has meanwhile zoomed to the US for an IPO. SoftBank is among the investors in line for an exit as the online tutoring platform files for an initial public offering in the US with a $100 million placeholder figure. So that's all the highlights for the past week. Thanks for your time. My name's James Mawson. Don't hesitate to reach out with more news and insights. Bye. And that is it for this week's edition of the Global Venturing Review podcast. As always, these are only the top headlines from the past week. So do head on over to globalcorporateventuring.com, globaluniversityventuring.com and globalimpactventuring.com to find everything else. And of course, do check back daily to stay on top of the news as it happens. I hope you enjoyed the episode and if this is your first time listening, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, which we really appreciate because it helps us grow our audience. And don't forget to recommend us to your friends and colleagues as well. Maybe even tweet out the episode or post about it on LinkedIn. Keep an eye out too on Wednesdays for our leadership series where we talk with thought leaders from all over the world to find out more about how they are supporting the innovation ecosystem. If you have any feedback, comments, questions, you can email me at thales at globaluniversityventuring.com. That's T-H-E-L-E-S at globaluniversityventuring.com. You can also tweet us at GCVenturing or G-U-Venturing. My name is Jerry Hillis. My co-host is Editor-in-Chief James Mawson. Our sound engineer is Mark Chatterley from In-Ear Production. Do check him out on inearproduction.com for all your podcasting needs. Our intro music is by Kevin McLeod under a Creative Commons license. We'll be back with more news next Monday. Have a productive week, everyone. Goodbye. Global Venturing Review was produced by In-Ear Production. You can find out more by going to inearproduction.com.